Bonnie Ellis, and this is the Exceptional Admins Podcast, where I invite admins, executives, and influencers to come together in an intimate setting. The world for administrative professionals doesn't just involve basic tasks. It includes an array of requests, challenges, and triumphs. During each episode, you'll be a witness to candid conversations and hear and join in on many, many laughs. And for those that know me, it wouldn't be complete without thought-provoking moments. The distinguished guests sharing time with us during each episode believe in the admin profession and have much to contribute to the greater good of executives, their admins, and organizations. Now, let's get to today's topic. Calm, a sense of clarity, stress reduction, relaxation. These thoughts and many more like this are at the top of everyone's thinking. Hi everyone, I'd like to introduce you to an amazing brand. I'm honored to share that I know one of the co-founders of this brand because he was a past client of mine. Feels, F-E-A-L-S. It is a premium CBD company that delivers right to your doorstep. Now, for those new to CBD, despite similar chemical structure of CBD and THC, CBD doesn't have the same psychoactive effects. CBD is used to help with a variety of conditions, such as inflammation, pain, nausea, migraines, depression, anxiety, and it works naturally to help you feel better. There's no high, air quotes, associated to it. Out the gate, branding was so on point. Colors, the materials, the write-up, everything about it was very exciting when my box arrived to my doorstep. So I received the Feels Flight Package and was excited to get started. I followed the very detailed instructions and was soon on my way to feeling relief. I was interested in testing the product for you guys because I wanted to know what the experience was like. I took it before bed, And I also have been taking it to aid in feeling sore since having started a new workout regimen. I can say in knowing my client, this brand is backed by passion, commitment, and honesty. So for you to check out, to consider, to apply to your day-to-day, a natural way to feeling better, check out feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com. That leadership piece is a lot more than that. It has a lot more to do with being that anchor. That's wrong, but it's right. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, everyone, welcome. Uh, pull up a chair, buckle your seatbelt. If you're getting in the car, listening to this on your way to the office or grabbing the seat on the bus or the subway. I am so thrilled to spend time with you again. Thank you for hitting that play button to spend some time with me and my guests today. A little tee up, as you guys know, I want to give a little intro, but I'm not going to tell you really about her background because I'm going to want her to kind of give that story and that journey from her own position and her own voice. This wonderful guest reached out to me and pitched herself to be a guest on the show, which by the way, you guys, there's an intake form on the podcast page. If you're thinking you want to be a guest, I've got this platform for you. Fill out that form. And she was so articulate. And so to the point I could just read passion could have been every word that she typed. And I was like, this girl is passionate about what she's doing. She's an administrative individual and she's 
involved on LinkedIn a lot with a lot of admin things going on. She just traveled internationally to be a part of the admin community and spend some time with them. I think you took your daughter. Is that right? Yes, you did. So mother daughter trip, which is great. Everyone, Carissa is here with me today. We've got a lot about leadership. We don't actually have an episode title yet. We already talked that it may organically pop up. And uh, just also FYI, everyone, we might have some guest appearances from her two fabulous little baby dogs, like small size baby dogs, but they're very old, like 14 years. So if they make a guest appearance, thank you for your grace while we get through that moment. And uh, Carissa, take it away. Thank you for spending time with me. I'm very excited that you reached out. Hi. Yes. And I'm super excited to be here. And thank you so much for, um, you know, looking at my intake form and realizing that I may possibly be a good candidate uh, and following up and, and having this uh, come together. I'm just so happy to be here. So thank you. Um, one of the things that you had talked about, you know, with this introduction is kind of who I am and where did my humble beginnings uh, start? So a little background about me, my name is Carissa Burgett, uh, and I am the assistant to the president and board administrator at the Pennsylvania Chamber of Business and Industry. So uh, it's, it's a big title for a business card. <laughs> so, yeah, Get so stuff done. Yeah, that's my title. Get stuff done. Okay, very good. Yeah, I get stuff done. I like that too. Uh, so, but none of that just came to be. I worked really hard to get there. And uh, for me, one of the questions, Alani, that you had asked was, you know, talking about where did you start? And for me, that was uh, Kaufman's department store. And if you can imagine a 17, 18 year old me working at Kaufman's department store it was purchased by Macy's. So anybody who um, still has a Macy's around, a lot of them are closed now. We have one here in Denver. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I like their pants. Uh, they have <laughs> yes. women's wardrobe there. Uh-huh. So I worked at Kaufman's department store for almost, it was three and a half years that I worked there. And during that time, I uh, graduated high school, I met my husband, I got engaged, I got married. So there was a lot of big things happening during that time. But one thing that was really telling to me as I started working there was the whole aspect of customer service mm-hmm. and kind of realizing I'm pretty good at this. And I really like, you know, pleasing people and helping people and motivating people to buy anything and everything. So um, I wouldn't call myself a sales uh, person, saleswoman, but I would say that I definitely want people to be happy and I want to um, do good, you know, great acts of service is where I come from. And mm-hmm. so I'll just give a quick example of kind of how this motivated me and catapulted me into the world I am today. So I was probably 18 years old at the time and I was working in the women's department and I had noticed this, it was a, probably like a slow Thursday night. And I had noticed this girl who uh, was kind of over in the juniors department and she was having a really hard time finding clothes for herself. And her mom was with her and she probably was 14, 15 years old and she was getting really stressed. And I walked over and I said, you know, hi, can I help you? You know, I'm working in the women's today, but I'm more than you know willing to help you find anything you need. And her mother, you know, looks at me and she goes, well, unfortunately nothing here fits her. Mm-hmm. And she was a little bit on the, the heavier side. And, you know, you could tell just kind of in that awkward stage at 14. Uh, sure went through awkward stages in my life and you can mm-hmm. tell struggling a bit. And I said, let's get out of the juniors and let's go to the women's department. And of course this 14 year old's like, Oh my gosh, don't send me to the old lady sweaters. Please <laughs> do that to me. 
And I said, no, 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 we're going to go to, you know, the women's, we're going to find the cool clothing in the women's department. I spent two hours with her and her mother and I waited to make sure they tried on clothes, what was comfortable, what fit. And she left at the end of the night and she was so happy. Uh, And she went, you know, they spent a couple hundred dollars on clothes. And the cool part was I didn't think much of it other than, wow, I really enjoyed helping. But when I got to work the next day, my boss pulled me into his office and said, you know, we got a letter from a parent Uh, who said how amazing of a support you were to her child. And apparently she had been struggling for some time and was planning to do a fun event with her friends and was just going to cancel it because she couldn't find anything that fit. And so that hit me so hard that I was able to help this young girl. And it really Mm -hmm. catapulted my whole life in the, in the thought process of being a servant leader, you know, a helper, and how can I um, really be kind-hearted and, and supportive to people, whether it's customer service related or now in my day job being an administrative professional and assisting, you know, my 64 board directors or assisting my CEO. Oh my um, and so, so that's kind of where I came from and, and where I'm at now. I'm actually speechless because it was fantastic. (laughs) And it's fantastic because the best part with kind of this lead in question and you guys taking it so seriously and kind of really thinking about it versus like, I started here, I'm doing this here. You are saying, right, that catapult that puts you forward. What, what a story, right? To show up like that and also have the lens to see someone struggling, which we see it at the office with grown people. In this case, it was a younger, lady looking for something. And that one experience, while you say it was two hours, that's carried with her that she may tell the story of you in her life years from now. And so you really don't want to miss out. uh, I'll tease it right here, kind of stepping out of your comfort zone. You were in the women's department. They were over in juniors. Uh, You took a little bit of a risk to approach them, even though you could tell maybe the body language was frustrated and you're like, how can I be of service? Which is what we're doing as administrative individuals. I love that story. I actually had no idea any of that, right? Because we didn't cover that in our yeah. uh, prep time. And that's exciting. And you mentioned you were probably 18. And then my next question, which is always so fun to hear, and it could be your younger self two years ago, or your younger self in your late teens, or early 20s, anywhere in that. Tell us a little bit, what advice would you give your younger self? Well, I have to be honest, when I saw this question, um, I had to to really think and deep, you know, dive deep into my past. And, you know, if I can, I'm going to be real for a minute because um, being that young woman who was helping that younger girl, part of the reason, you know, my empathy radar was going off and, and really seeing her and being like, let me help her uh, is because, you know, for a really long time when I was a teenager, I struggled. So I have, um, some severe chronic illnesses that I've struggled with my whole life. And they've really, uh, I've done everything I can to not have them hold me back. But as a teenager, it was really tough. You know, I mean, think about just average teenager going through puberty, dealing with hormones and all of that and who likes who and, and who's popular and who's not. And I, I really struggled with trying to figure out who I was and, and, what I wanted. And, you know, along with that, sometimes comes that awkwardness. And I definitely, which most of us have one way or another been bullied in school. And at that time, when I was around 17, I was bullied quite a bit. I had some major health issues, uh, had to drop out of school for a while, was really struggling. And um, I got to a point where, again, I'm going to be real for a minute. Um, I actually went to my parents and I was like, I'm not sure I can do this anymore. 
And I remember that morning, like it was yesterday. I remember lying in bed being like, I, I don't necessarily want to die, but I, I don't know if I want to live. And that scared the living bejesus out of me. And I was like, how do I, how do, how did I get to this point? Right. And how do I get out of this? Because, yeah. um, you know, it, it's a tough, it's tough being a teenager. And I have a 10 year old daughter and I try to tell her, you know, there's always a tomorrow. And I know at some point we won't have a tomorrow, but you have to look at it as there's always a tomorrow and there is going to be a light at the end of this. There is always a reason to be here. And so I went to my parents, I told them how I was feeling. They were very loving and supportive and did the best they could to get me the help that I needed. Um, but I just look back and if I could say anything to myself, it would be thank you. And, you know, thank you for taking the risk to choose to stay alive. And I know that might sound a little silly or, uh, you know, crazy, but um, you know, it's hard and it's, it's hard if you're, if you have, um, depression and I can thankfully say that I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily that person anymore. I struggle with depression. Um, but I will say that, um, it's taken years of work and therapy to get to the point where I can really, um, be as happy and fulfilled as I am now. And a lot of that has to do actually everything where I am today has to do with making the choice to live and being here and being present. And again, like I said, I have a 10 year old and I think about, you know, try not to, but I think about if I would have made a different choice in my life, like there are people out there who do. And um, I am so thankful that I have the loving supporting husband I do, the family that I do, my daughter. And um, I wouldn't have had that if I wouldn't have made, taken the risk and decided that life was worth living even though I had a hard time seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm a little emotional. Because it's so beautiful what you just shared, because a lot of people know that life is hard. And then you get to that point where you're like, what's all of this for? Um, And the research I've done about emotions, which are tied to mental choices and everything else, it's having a sense of purpose. And I think I'm raising a teenager. So my oldest, by the time this airs, he'll be 17. Like, his purpose is really confined right now because going and getting a job but not having a job going and doing school. And there's kind of this tiresome thing that comes with, okay, I've been doing school a long time. Like what's my next purpose. And then he's going to be 18. And then what does that look like later in school? And, and it's all this a lot of weight stuff. to carry. It's a significant amount of weight to carry. And so the beauty of your, thank you, by the way, for being very open and sharing that very um, emotional and deep dive kind of piece about you. So thank you for bringing that up saying thank you to yourself. I think we could actually all as adults say thank you to ourselves when we, and there's a really great bumper sticker and it's relevant here. It's a bad day. It's not a bad life. And really having that perspective to say, thank you to yourself. Like, thank you for pushing through yesterday. Thank you for being proactive versus reactive with that shitty email that came over from from someone that made you salty. Right. And that you're like, I'm going to sleep on this. Right. Versus letting it completely carry you down. And I would also say to anyone listening, um, take out the trash, the trash of, probably not feeling great about yourself or, uh, being constantly discouraged. Um, I think that that's really beautiful. And if you would have talked to her and said, thank you. And as I said to my younger self, cause I've, I've had an interesting lifestyle as well. I would tell her everything's going to be all right. 
Yeah, yeah. if I could and talk to her. So important to hear that. And even in, you know, my life now, I sometimes get, you know, so overwhelmed with everything. I'm huge into volunteering and I am, you know, really dedicated to my work and I'm super passionate and driven. And sometimes it gets super overwhelming and I have to stop and think like, like you said, today might be a bad day, but it's not a bad life. And, um, you know, I hate to keep going back to my daughter, but I do tell her that. And I, you know, try to remind her that um, in a couple of years, you're not going to remember this day, you know, and let's just hope that happens. Let's hope we don't have anything that that's significant that we have to remember and that we can just remember the good times. Um, And so again, I'm just so thankful that I made the decision that I did. And I know it's really hard. And I look back at that point in my life and I, you know, I was in school my guidance counselor, as we all had guidance counselors in high school, had um, actually said to me, she's like, well, what do you want to do after high school? And at the time, I thought, I have no idea. The only thing I knew is I wanted to do something worthwhile. I knew yeah. that. Yeah. Right? I had no idea what that was. I had right. no idea how to get there. I wasn't lazy. I wasn't stupid. I, you know, But I didn't even know if college was for me. I just was lost. And I remember her saying to me, if you don't get a four-year education, you'll be nobody. <gasps> And I just remember thinking, like, I left her office and I thought, oh, my God, I'm literally going to be nobody because that decision that I wasn't ready for a four-year education. Um, And, you know, and then what does that make me if I'm a nobody? Does that make me worth living for? Uh, And so there was, you know, on top of everything else, hearing that was, you know, really hard. And I'm not looking for sympathy from anybody (laughs) to tell you this, but I say this because there's a lot of people out there who are just trying to figure out how to even get through the day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Trying to set goals for themselves, like a college education or getting married or, you know, some of those things are too hard and too big of rocks to conquer right now. Oh yeah. I just was trying to survive. You know, yeah, my skin's on fire for the words that you heard uh, from that individual. And we, we won't get salty here about that, but life moves on. Um, Well, I'm going to say this before we move on. I'm excited that you're here and I'm excited that you made the decision you made because now you have the opportunity to share your story and be who you are and have an impact, have a high sense of purpose with the work that you do, which is for all of the admins listening, like we truly do, even though you might have a crappy day, like we love the purpose that our admins role admin roles give us a sense of, you know, taking action, um, making things happen. And yeah, a lot of my type A's out there, including myself, although I'm a lowercase a, I've talked about that before. And if you haven't heard that in great detail, you need to listen to the PS episode about type a, uh, it's, it's amazing. And being overwhelmed and, and being of service, and there's really good scripture. And I'm just going to bring this up here. First Peter four ten. each of us should use the gifts we have received to serve others. And I've done a lot of research on the value and return into yourself when you truly are of service to others, which yes, there's the slippery slope of, but what about me? What about me? And I know we have in the admin community, a lot of the words of like self-care is really important. And I think just well-being and and having a enjoyable lifestyle is really important. So I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited that we're able to have this conversation and share quite honestly, we've only been recording for a little bit and there's already such meat to our time together. So thank you. Um, with all of that being said, (laughs) what is a great accomplishment that, you know, as you talk about having an impact, I just want to reiterate, she said 64 board members. That's the highest board member number I've heard with the over 4,000 admins I've talked to in the last five years. 
Talk to me about an accomplishment that you're proud of from your current role. Oh, just managing two jobs. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure admins everywhere that are listening can understand, you know, the, the daily frustrations, the daily workload that comes along with not just, you know, with being an assistant, right? And oh, also yeah. just being, you know, not only are you an assistant, you know, you also need to be the eyes and ears of the organization. There's, you know, there's a higher level of purpose here in the admin that I just don't think that a lot of even leadership people really grasp. So we have that aspect of my job. Uh, and then we have the other aspect of my job, which is a board administrator, which which is almost a full-time job in itself. So along with 64 board directors, we have many committees, many subsidiaries, you know, um, and it's just, and it is fabulous and marvelous. And I absolutely love it because of the connections I get to have. We get to have, I get to schedule board meetings all across the great state of Pennsylvania. Uh, I get to, you know, manage all of that. And I would say that greatest accomplishment for me is really just figuring out how to juggle both of those. And I, I know that might sound a little surfacey of a, of a answer for you, but for me, it's, it's really, how do I, I hate the word multitask. We shouldn't be multitasking anyways, but how do I divide up my time uh, as evenly as possible to make sure that my executive is where he needs to be every day. And I'm still on point with his needs. And then how do I also serve not only 64 board directors, but all of their assistants. I need oh to be an assistant, assistant. So along with those board directors, it's training the assistants in our board portal. It's making sure that they have the materials they need to service their executive. I do not take this job lightly when it comes to, especially that board administrator part. Uh, I, I just had a call yesterday with an assistant who said, I have no idea what I'm doing with my executive when it comes to your board. And I said, let's talk about this. And I've made it my mission to talk with all, not every director has an assistant, but most of them, at least 40 of them have assistants to connect with every single one of them to make sure they have what they need. Because at the end of the day, if they aren't able to do their job because they don't understand what their executive needs mm -hmm. through whatever outlets and especially my um, my role that comes into play with them, um, mm -hmm. that's the failure on my part too. And I wanna make sure that they have what they need. So just trying to manage and juggle all of that and do it successfully is, has been a huge undertaking. And I will say I need a pat on my back for, for making it work thus far. Let's celebrate you. Oh my gosh. Like I'm listening to all of that. And my brain is immediately going to like the, the agenda for the day. <clears throat> and I actually appreciate you said we shouldn't be multitasking. I've been doing a lot of research on this as well. Cause I bring that education and wisdom that's easy to digest at EA university. And so there is something actually negative about multitasking and how that doesn't actually benefit us. Uh, so that's really great. And I wrote down the word Tetris <laughs> as it relates to kind of playing that Tetris game with energy allocation. And I use energy allocation versus the word time allocation, because at the end of the day, time is not in our control, but where we expend our energy is to the point of, do I have time to be pissed off and salty about something? Probably not. So how can I move on? Uh, there's also the rule of if it doesn't matter in five days, move on, not get over that. it but move on. Uh, and that five could be equivalent to five months to five years and so on. So five days though, board administrator is amazing. So powerful. And you said something too, that I love, that's going to kind of lead me nicely into the next question, higher level of purpose. And without you saying the words, it's very people oriented, the admin role, 
right? Why does the executive move this way? For me, it was always, is he going to be hangry today? We're going to mitigate that immediately because I don't do hangry well, you know, and the eyes and the ears piece where you are really able to touch the pulse of so many things. And especially if you're interacting with all of those external people, you're getting, you know, micro um, updates on like kind of what's going on across the whole state of Pennsylvania. There's so much going on. And so I celebrate you with um, juggling all the glass balls and not dropping any. Um, when you uh, hear well, they the- do get dropped sometimes. They do. And that's okay. Just get the dust can, it work. clean it up. Yeah. And then grab another glass ball and exactly. it's all good. Leah actually says a glass ball and rubber ball. Uh, so maybe you drop the rubber balls, right. And you can just pick it back up as you continue to juggle. And then the glass balls, maybe you don't drop. Uh, so that's cute. I'll give Leah a little plug for that. When you hear the phrase administrative leadership, which sort of goes to your higher level of purpose, the Tetris piece, the energy allocation piece, when you hear the phrase administrative leadership, what comes to mind? And just real quick, I'd like to read the definition of leadership from the Webster's Dictionary. Leadership is a process of social influence, which maximizes the efforts of others towards the achievement of a goal. Um, And I bring that up here because leadership can be um, confused as management and they are different. So tell me what administrative leadership means to you. Cause I think you have a little catchphrase I'm excited to hear about. Yeah. So I, I really thought about this and it's something that I, uh, in my own time have been trying to figure out how can I really elevate that level of leadership in the workplace? I have to elevate it in other areas in my community service. Uh, and for me, it's about leading from beyond. And for me, there's kind of two pieces of of what that is. So the first one is we talk about, you know, when we're admins that we need to be planned, we need to already know our next steps, you know, how are we going to get from point A to point B? And it's not just us, how are we going to move our executives from point A to point B? How are we going to move the office uh, in, you know, maybe a literal move across town? Or how are we going to get them trained in something? Um, How are we going to keep the office morale up? And and even though as an assistant, we may not be technically have the title of HR uh, or, you know, executive titles, but we still have a piece to play in that. And so that leading from beyond comes from a place of knowing those next steps, really doing the research and uh, making sure that we're where we need to be to provide that. And then secondly, the other piece of this would be um, that we should be serving as an anchor. Um, So along with that leading from beyond is, is using that preparation and experience that we have gained being an admin is, is showing that we're reliable and trustworthy being that anchor for the organization. I can't tell you how important this role is when it comes to um, not gossiping and, and don't, don't give people reasons not to trust you. Yeah. You know, um, having that kind of leadership mindset for me is, is, you know, providing a safe space for others to grow, um, owning your choices and embracing your mistakes you know, taking responsibility for them, mm-hmm. you know, being self-aware and thoughtful in your actions. Mm-hmm. And all of that comes from a place of beyond where you're at now. In my mm. opinion, you really have to 
work for it, work towards it. It's a constant progression. You're never gonna get there. Uh, I don't wanna say you're never gonna get there. You're, you're hopefully gonna get to a place where you feel happy with where you're at and you're showing yourself and you're proving you're trustworthy, but you should always be wanting to grow. And I always say, if I'm not constantly changing, I'm not growing. And I think that goes hand in hand with being a leader um, and not just a manager because manager to me is more managing the day-to-day -day workings, which we, we do tend to do that. Uh, but really that leadership piece is a lot more than that. It has a lot more to do with being that anchor and being that trust, you know, trusted advisor. I have so much to unpack. I'm so excited, but I don't want to talk yet. If you still have more. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's, I just, I really feel strongly in that leadership piece. And I will just say too, that that administrative leadership and the kind of the qualities that I talked about can go hand in hand with what you do outside of admin as well. So for me, that relates to my Girl Scouts, uh, which we can get into. It also relates to all of the outside activities I do for my administrative career. Um, and so I really think that that definition for me hits on all aspects of leadership. Could not agree more. I again, celebrate all of that. And I think we are going to call the episode leading from beyond. Cause I think that was just so wonderfully explained there. Um, and I, I won't park us here too much, uh, but some of the things that I heard, and I'm actually going to point out the word anchor, uh, Leah and I hold every Monday morning, a 30 minute discussion that has nothing to do with the calendar other than um, a small connection to the calendar. It's, we call it an anchor meeting. The anchor meeting is specifically what are our highest goals for the week that we can celebrate that we either moved forward or completed. And therefore we're not talking about, you know, the emails that came in from the morning, unless they are connected to an anchor and it's an anchor meeting. We only talk about the calendar if there needs to be blocked time for giving something attention and we call them anchor meetings. And in those anchor meetings, then Leah knows kind of the prioritizations for the week. And I've got an accountability list of don't tangent and do that. Even though you're excited about that today, this is most important block time for next week or throw it on next week's anchor um, meeting so that we really know what we're working towards. So I think that's awesome. The preparation part about the anchor. I think you didn't say this word, you, you mentioned confidentiality. And I actually want to do a PS episode for it. And so now I'm going to, because we're talking about it, friendships at the office. I got a call from a client from a very large billion dollar asset company here in Denver. They got to fire the EA to the CEO. She has really big problem with confidentiality. And there is this likability trap that you can fall into because you want to be friends with everyone. But when you are in a certain seat, hello, like this information is nobody's business. And so I feel bad that that's going to blindside her, but then I'm kind of thinking, uh, you should have known. I mean, there's like a code of ethics when it comes to quite honestly, a, a five person organization or, you know, a 27,000 person organization, friendships are key. Confidentiality is just super huge, super huge. I want to bring up a book. And I think I mentioned this before we started recording, Leading Without Authority by Keith Ferrazzi. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right, but that's how I'm going to say it. I just added about a month ago to my website, a books page for all the books that I've read, what I'm currently reading that are not standard EA books, uh, because I want to continue to promote divergent thinking and processing and receiving of unconventional information that you wouldn't have normally picked up that book. Leading without authority, I'm reading it now and I don't have it here on my desk. It's just, there's 
totally highlight marks and tabbies everywhere. And I'm about 57%, 60% through the book. That's powerful. I know that you, Carissa would very much enjoy that book. So I want to bring that up here and the transition. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just mentioned real quick, because um, as you talk about that crucial, I kind of call it the lone wolf uh, of this assistant role. Right. And I think it's our duty to be a meter for the organization. Um, not necessarily the friend to everybody. So I look at it as, um, you know, one of my roles is to be the meter of being tuned in. When I say meter, it's the, it's where are we at um, in the organization when it comes to meeting the culture needs uh, and, and, you know, what's going on with staff, what's going on with leadership. And one of the really cool aspects that I don't think we talk about enough in this role is, is that kind of in-betweener. Right. I like to call myself like also the grand in-betweener because that's kind of, you know, you're you're not necessarily always staff. You're not necessarily always leadership in a leadership role, um, but we get to see things and hear things. And it isn't our responsibility to necessarily be the gossiper or the person who says, oh, my gosh, did you hear this or did you do, you know, did you know, even to your executive, did you hear that? But it is your responsibility to kind of gauge what's going on in the organization and clue your executive in. And that needs to be the focus, not necessarily, um, you know, those you want to build relationships in the office. But at the end of the day, your partnership with your executive has to come first. And it's your duty as an assistant to be the meter uh, and the reader of the organization as that kind of, uh, I feel like I'm writing poetry here, but the grand in-betweener, right? So <laughs> I, 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 they kind of all rhymed and it wasn't on purpose, but- um, I love it. I just, We're thinking it's, on the fly. It's great. Yeah. It's important to fill that role and, and do it justice. And we need to talk about that more often. Which to the problem with this profession- and I don't like to spin for negative, but it's just a fact. And everyone's going to nod their head in agreement. That's why there's such a feeling of being on an Island, right? Because we, we do live in a space that has to be multifaceted in how we engage with people, but there is a line and there's a reason for that line, especially when we know a merger and acquisition is coming up, which is hard to carry the burden of that change that's coming that you know about and no one else really does. And so that's also why this is an emotional role. That's also why we try to find a confidant in the organization that we can, you know, spill the beans about certain things. And I was coaching a young admin who's got a very high functioning role. And she's like, I'm going to lunch with some of the girls. And I said, I just want to point out for consideration, if they have a bad, you know, reputation in the organization, are you going to taint your brand because they're known for being gossipers? And then it gets back to your new CEO that you're having lunch with that, which by the way, those people probably shouldn't even be in the organization. That's a whole nother topic. But she's like, I never thought about that. I said, you're new and you want to build relationships. I would rather you take a very slow molasses approach to start taking in a pulse on everyone and where they are. And sure enough, that person does not have a good reputation in the organization. And she's been there for such a long time. That's why they kind of haven't gotten rid of her because she's very instrumental in the history that she knows about the company and dot, dot, dot. She's like, I have to now only have lunch in the room, in their cafe and anyway. And so there's a fine line with how you engage, how you lead, how you have a pulse, which then full circle, putting a bow on it. It is a bit of an island that we live on, but I think we can find a very special place for us to exist, to be of service, to be a confidant, and to also have confidentiality absolutely at the top point, top, top, top. And if I can just say too, I I really feel strongly about um, 
admin organizations outside of your work. Uh, I am a huge advocate for places like the IAAP, the PA way, you know, Jeremy Burroughs, the leader assistant, and I know there's so many others and even your Mm -hmm. wonderful, exceptional admins. You know, this is the thing is you may not necessarily be able to go to those people and say, oh, this is what's going on in my office. But what you can do is go to them and say, wow, you know, I'm experiencing a lot of highs, a lot of lows, uh, and you're going to get so much great feedback that sometimes it's not necessarily the specific problem that you need to work out. It's your emotions around uh, how you handle issues. And that can be resolved outside of work, and especially with people who are under fully understanding what's going on with you and having those admin connections and, and utilizing programs like your exceptional admins. I just, I'm such a huge advocate for that continued education, that continued learning, and that continued networking that we can do as admins, because hands down, that is the number one way that I have been able to make this a career for me, because I am such a people person, but my people person personality is more than just a surface thing. I want to have deep connections. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can't have deep connections in your workplace. It's not healthy to do that, as we just talked about. And uh, I'm not saying you can't be friendly or or connect with people, but you need to make sure that you're looking at all of that and saying, how can I still have those deep connections, but maybe have it outside of the organization and get the feedback that I'm looking for. So really look for people to use this and, and think about what they need and look at those organizations as a whole and figure out which one's right for them. Yeah. You and I share that relationships that have substance. I'm, I'm more successful with those than those that may always hang out at the surface. And it's not to say, and I'll talk about this in the friendship episode. It's not to say that I'm being inauthentic when I am engaging at a level that has a surface component. I'm just not giving them all of me. It's still the truth of who I am in that moment. Um, but some other relationships have substance and some don't, um, this is going to tee us up kind of for what I want my next question to be leadership to me also includes taking risks and taking those risks and kind of leaving your comfort zone. And maybe it is being vulnerable with some questions and, um, showing up vulnerable. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts and, and it can be kind of tied to, you know, um, leadership has nothing to do with personal attributes, but leadership also isn't management. Leadership is kind of taking risks and you've got an interesting story that's connected to your military background. Uh, and so I'd like to hear kind of what leadership to you, uh, talking about risks, let's unpack that please. So uh, for those who don't know, my husband served in the military for 10 years and active duty. And that was, you know, very young period of time in my life. We were in our very early 20s when we got married and thrust into that military. I came from a background of growing up in the same house in the same town my whole life. And then all of a sudden moving. Uh, And it was a whole new world. And Mm -hmm. let me tell you, even just starting off with that huge life changing was a risk for me and my husband. I mean, he had been active duty military for a few years, but, um, you know, it was just a lot to, to take on. And so, you know, I, I was trying to figure out my way when I was a brand new military wife and how do I connect to this network of women? It's a little intimidating. Uh, a lot of them are, are, have been in it for the long haul. They've endured many, many deployments. And this was back when the Iraq war was, you know, Afghanistan, it was big. And so wow. a lot yeah. of them were just back to back deployments. 
And it's a little intimidating coming in there and trying to make friends. Um, and I really had to take a risk by throwing myself into what it's called the family readiness group, the FRG. Oh. And, uh, you know, and I just decided I'm going to start off as treasurer, which by the way, is, was a horrible mistake because I'm bad at math and please <laughs> don't make me balance. We book. share that same problem too. Yeah. Okay. It's not my strong suit. Um, and so very quickly we realized that was not the role for me and in, in that volunteer organization. So let's just move you over here instead. Yeah, and I think this is a better place for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll do better here and make sure that we have money in the account at the end of the day. Cause I can, you know, we get somebody yeah. who can do math. Right. Um, so, so, uh, I moved over into more of a secretary role and at the time I was not a secretary. So this was really, you know, the start of a lot of that at the time I didn't realize, but setting me up, you know, taking meeting minutes. Hello. I yeah. take that all day long in my day job. That's now. right. Um, and so, so that was a big risk to move into that. And, and I'll tell you that there were pros and cons that came out of that, you know, trying to figure, navigate that military world was really difficult. And that was quite a challenge. And I, and I took that into the, the world and life that I have now. We moved around quite a bit. And the last lo, you know, location we moved to was back to Pennsylvania. My husband is out of the military now, but going through that experience with joining these different FRGs, because everywhere we moved to, we had different organizations we had to join and, and deal with when my husband was deployed. And so when we moved back to Pennsylvania, I decided I wanted to be a Girl Scout leader. Mm. I was a Girl Scout when I was young. And I took that same mentality of taking risk. And I thought, you know what? Okay, if this doesn't work out in six months, then, then all right, I don't have to do it. You know, I mean, what, what's the harm in trying? And Absolutely. I would anyone on the call, it's always worth the risk. Yeah. No matter the outcome, it's worth the risk. And I've now successfully been a Girl Scout leader for five years. That's it's great. A experience to have that with my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, and again, just kind of that initial risk I took becoming a military wife, learning that I needed that networking, growing my, my people, uh, and it really leading into where I am today as a Girl Scout leader um, and, and also into the workplace. So that's definitely a positive risk that I took. And, and if you don't mind, I wouldn't mind kind of deep diving for a minute in um, a risk that didn't turn out exactly how I wanted it. Let's hear it. Yeah, let's hear it. So, um, you know, sometimes I, the reason why I state this story is because sometimes I think about we talk a lot about positive things, right? These great, great experience we went through. And I think that's great for people to hear, but sometimes there's the flip side of things, which is really where that uh, worriedness, that scared feeling comes from, from people who are saying, well, is it worth the risk? And I'm here to tell you, I've been through, you know, many experiences, which I'm sure we all have, where we've taken a risk and it hasn't turned out, you know, the way we planned. But for me personally, I had an experience in one of my previous jobs where I decided um, at the end of the day, after really looking at my role and what was going on in my career at the time, that I needed to say something about some of the leadership choices that were going on, the support I wasn't receiving. And I had this grand plan, okay, that I was going to go of course in you there did. Yeah. <laughs> on my white horse and I was going to save the day. I love and it. I had this thought, well, I've been taking leadership courses. I you know, am a leader in my daily life. I'm doing all of these things. Um, and I was ready to become a team leader. And I was with working within an organization that unfortunately just didn't have the structure uh, that it needed and the support it needed to be as successful as I thought it could. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I'd come in and I would say, hey, I'm here to, you know, I'm here to support, right? I, this is a selfless act. I want to make sure that everybody is taken care of here. And mm -hmm. I feel as though people aren't being as taken care of as they should have. Uh, and unfortunately, 
it did not go as planned. Uh, and all they heard was that I'm unhappy and I hate it here and that uh, I you know, want more and they were not willing to budge or give me that. And at the end of the day, that uh, job did not pan out and I ended up leaving and finding um, where I'm at now. But I all this to say that I don't regret that risk at all. That's right. Uh, you know, going through that experience was really difficult trying to just figure out, you know, did I do anything wrong? Which I still, you know, look at that situation and I say, I want the better good of any organization that I work yeah. out. I want it to be the best it can. And I want to yeah. bring my forward. And so I had all great intentions. Unfortunately, sometimes they aren't always perceived the way you want them to. And so, you know, I'm here to say firsthand that sometimes those risks that you take uh, don't fully pan out the way you see them going. But if that wouldn't have happened and if I wouldn't have left that organization, you know, I wouldn't be in the position that I am today. And it only at the end of the day will make you stronger. And so it is always worth the risk. Amen. And there's another episode where she said something powerful that beautifully ties to what you just mentioned, never wanting to miss out on having an experience and the power behind that is the taking of the risks. And here you are now, you know, post that experience with new wisdom you wouldn't have had before, which kind of goes to that staying in your comfort zone a lot of times for these admins. Yeah. Especially when the world around us is also maybe slowly falling in on itself. It's like, I just need daily comfort, but you can take minimal risks. In this case, you took a very large risk, which unfortunately, but fortunately, served up the outcome that it did, which, you know, from a divine timing, maybe then the departure to lead you to where you are today. I mean, you kind of, you can't plan for certain things. And I think it's beautiful that you took that risk. And so maybe anyone that kind of needed to hear that you've got something, you know, weighing on your heart, or you want to uh, speak up from a place of personal advocacy on you want professional development to go to conferences, you want to get a, uh, you know, the opportunity to do something new in the organization to keep it interesting, uh, show up. And, and I know that that's hard for a lot of people, especially when I'm talking to candidates on a regular basis. I'm like, how are you showing up for yourself today? Like, what are you doing? You know, how, not to say that we need to constantly be updating ourselves, but like, how are you, you know, bringing something new to the table? Um, or are you still operating the way you were even just a year ago, which is really powerful. Um, I think that's exciting. And thank you for being able to show and share the flip side. Yeah. Um, the risk-taking is really uh, important, you know, the ripple effects that come from, and I wouldn't say PTSD, especially as a military wife, that does mean something different. Um, mm -hmm. but sort of that, that, um, small scar that has a memory attached to it, that when you see, or, or have something that reminds you of it, you are in a position of like holding back, taking pause, maybe spending an extra week evaluating your approach. If you were to bring something to the table for conversation, I think that's what gives us from our people toolbox, more tools, which could honestly be more important than the skills toolbox we bring to an admin role. Um, leadership stems from social influence, not authority or power over people. Leadership requires others, and that implies they don't need to be direct reports, right? Kind of that jumping over someone in the organization, influencing them, um, and influence also in a positive way. Do you have, um, you took those two risks, 
there was a moment earlier where you talked a little bit about management and kind of kind of coming here sort of to the end of our time. Um, the journey to building and using leadership is not universal as no two professionals or situations are alike. Each professional journey is unique to that environment, those philosophies, quite honestly, risk tolerance, you know, what's easy to deploy tips that you might have to share with the listeners that maybe they can consider to apply to their current environment. I just think that um, understanding what drives you is so crucial in any aspect of your life and also your career. It doesn't matter if you're an admin or a CEO or whatever. Um, it's just so important to understand what drives you. And, and I think that, you know, there's some things here to consider. So, you know, some people aren't really sure what drives them, you know, when they think about their career, they're like, well, I kind of want to do this. You know, maybe the job was uh, easier to get. And, and so they're like, you know what, I'm going to stay here for a while. And they've now gotten comfortable, uh, but they have other thoughts, but they're just not sure. And so one thing I'd say when you're considering what drives you, if you're not sure, you know, take a personality test. I know that kind of sounds silly, but there's so many great ones out there. Take a personality test and, and you know, maybe a couple of them. I've, I, um, I love taking them because I, I just want to figure out exactly who I am and you know, why I do what I do. Uh, and unfortunately, personality tests can't tell you that exactly, but they are fun to take and, uh, and a little silly. But what, what the point of that is, is it kind of gives you a guide and a gauge to help you figure out what you just is wrote that down roadmap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. Um, and from there, you know, another aspect you can look at this is, is, okay, so you've kind of taken that personality test, you, you have a couple things that you know, you like, it's also to sit down and make a list of uh, what you love about your career. So what is it that you really uh, love or that you want to learn more about and really start thinking about what leadership qualities you already have? Because I think leadership also comes from a place of desire. And when I say love, I, I, I mean that in the sense of, you know, loving what you do and that desire to do it. And it has a lot to do with your leadership capabilities. If you're not passionate about something, you cannot lead for anything. People so are going to be right through that. And you can smell inauthenticity very easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I think to, to get to that point, you know, um, when you start to kind of look at that list that you've created for yourself, so how can you take that and expand on it? So I'll give a quick example. So I really am into technology. I love learning what's the latest and greatest. What can I use to make my workspace better? Uh, when we went into this COVID, excuse me, and looking at how do we make hybrid meetings happen? And for me, it's all technology-based. I can't do anything hybrid without technology. That's right. So I took it upon myself to, you know, lead the path on that. I took some courses. I read lots of books. I watched YouTube videos. I figured out what would be the best options uh, for my board meetings to offer a hybrid solution to the meetings that we wanted to have. And so for me, what happened is through that knowledge and through that passion, I have now to an extent uh, become a leader. I've yeah. already taught Office 365 classes at my organization. <laughs> I have created a guide between myself and somebody else in the workplace, created a guide for how to use our meeting owls that we use for our hybrid meetings. Nice. Um, and even though I don't have a title that goes with it, I'm not an IT specialist. I have really tried to show that I can be a leader in many capability in many capacities beyond just an EA. And so I kind of, you know, implore everyone out there to figure out what you love and how you can find leadership and provide leadership in that. And lastly, I'll just mention too, is knowing your worth hmm. has a lot to do with your drive, your dedication, your passion, 
And you know, if your leadership isn't welcome in your current environment, it's time to think about taking a risk and finding somewhere else you can flourish and not just survive. Because uh, we're in a day and age now where everyone, I hate to say, are leaving their job, but they're making choices. They're making healthier choices for themselves. They're setting boundaries. And I want every EA and every you know buddy in this field to really you know, flourish and thrive and not just be surviving to get through and showing your leadership and finding things you're passionate about can help that. Oh my gosh. I love all of it. I just want to tie it up in a pretty little bow because it was so fantastic. Um, I think the drive you piece at the top was gorgeous. And I liked how you gave some action items for that. And I want to remind everyone, I have heard many find a great satisfactory return with an Enneagram. Um, I've used it. Uh, Leah knows a lot about it. Her and her roommates always are talking like, did you Enneagram the boyfriend and there's stuff like that. So uh, the personality tests are huge. I'm a big fan of Myers-Briggs. I'm looking to get certified in that this year and loving your capabilities at the EA university workshop. And I actually do this a la carte. I run a sore analysis strengths, opportunities, aspirations, results, and a silent E at the end for energy, really giving you kind of that uh, multiple prong evaluation of yourself. And it's also very exciting when we open it up for discussion with the attendees, because they're talking about their strength and they're like, actually, I have that too. I never even thought to identify that. And it really builds you up personally so that you can get closer to understanding what drives you. So I love that you brought that up. I mentioned this before we started recording, no two admins are alike. Each of you have your own brand of style of service, which is backed by your personal experiences, which does include taking risks and which is backed by how you like to receive and share information, AKA influence. And your outlier is a high desire about technology, right? And now being a, you know, voice on 365 and what that looks like. And you've chosen to diversify your brand to many things that people will like, which then confidence and a voice on the topic is why people lean in to hear you. And then you organically become a leader on certain things because you have information. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have information. And I like your closing comment. And it's really important because knowing your worth and making healthy choices, I do have a small PS episode that's titled WTF. And it's not actually, actually what you think it is for the listeners that gives you a really good space to stop and evaluate. So you can anticipate some healthy choices you should be making down the road from a place of being proactive not reactive. I hear often, and for anyone maybe in the middle of this, this is the voice you needed to hear on your shoulder. They put their resume out, they start taking phone interviews, and they're going to find the exact same thing that they're leaving because they didn't create a plan. And that plan was not driven by to your wonderful closing point, what drives you? Um, And some of them also are struggling because it is a very aggressive talent market. And Yeah. I think that healthy choices was very attractive. So yeah, as I said, put a beautiful bow on it. This discussion was so fantastic. Thank you for giving me everything um, that you were able to provide for this conversation. I know the listeners are really going to love it. So Carissa, thank you for spending some time with me. Thank you. It's been wonderful. I don't even know where to begin. We covered so much thought provoking laughter and just great conversation. Remember you're the reason you get up every day and work as hard as you do. Do things for you, your executive, and your organization. And remember, it's all worth it.